0: of football, including the Iron Bowl, which never disappoints. Is Ryan Day on the hot seat? It's ridiculous. Don't at me. My Hoosiers. Well, guess what? They got rid of their football coach and they probably should have. The Steelers are all excited about yards and Lou Holtz joins. Don't at me. Starts right now. You have missed me, and I'm so glad to be sitting back here in the big chair. Welcome, welcome. Even Lula's excited. She's up there barking. Ryan Day got beat by the Ohio State. Oh, no, by the, what is it, Michigan University? I don't know, but here's the problem. Here's what you got. Let's break this down. So Ohio State goes into Michigan, plays a good game, but they make two costly mistakes. And in terms of the game, you got to give Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh credit. It was about as clean a game as you're going to see. Penalties did not rule. There were no turnovers by Michigan. There was a bad call, at least if you're an Ohio State fan, in the end zone that resulted in the game-winning touchdown for Michigan. But i got to tell you, when you look at well-coached teams, Michigan is a well-coached team. When you look at well-coached teams, Ohio State's a well-coached team. There's always going to be complaints about a variety of things. There's always going to be complaints about clock management, man. You didn't manage the clock. Whatever. All right, whatever. See, my complaint, if we're just talking about the game, is Ohio State's defense under Jim Knowles, who they paid a ton of money to come over and run their defense, didn't get a stop late in the game when they had to get a stop to get the ball back to give themselves a chance. Everybody's complaining about the quarterback of Ohio State, and that's fine. You can do that, but the second interception wasn't on him. Here's the fascinating thing about football. A quarterback throws an interception when he's getting hit. I didn't hear one person, not one person, talk about the inability of the left side of the offensive line to protect the quarterback. The rush came from the left, that side. I didn't see one person, not one, say, well, you know, big fat lineman guy, he didn't do his job. You know what they said? Well you know what? Uh, uh, the quarterback's no good. McCord can't play. He's not. No, 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 no. No. Uh-huh. I thought it was the ultimate team game. I hear this from all you meatheads all the time. It's the ultimate team game. Enough about the game because that's not what anybody really cares about. What we care about in this world is who's going to coach you, who needs to get fired, who needs to get hired. Because as soon as you fire a guy, two seconds later, the world turns. to, Hey man, who's going to replace him? We're doing that in Indiana right now. I'll get to that. So let's talk about Ryan Day. See, here's the problem Ryan Day has, and it's a big problem. Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle are Ryan Day's problem. Well, Dan, what do you mean by that? Well, let's be honest. Jim Trestle went 9-1 and one against Ohio State. He took over for John Cooper, who went, listen for this, 2-10. and ten. So Trestle takes over. Trestle goes 9-1. and one. Fickle, in between Trestle and Urban, loses a game. All right, now here comes Urban Meyer, the greatest football coach, he along with Nick Saban. I'll give Saban in that spirit, of his generation. So here comes Urban Meyer. All Urban Meyer does is go 7-0 against Ohio State. So you're talking about a combined 16-0, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1, 1. Now here comes Ryan Day. You're following that. Now, let me give you a little bit of history, can I? If I can just give you a little bit of history, everybody thinks that Bo Beckler won every game against Ohio State and Woody Hayes won every game against Michigan. Swear to God, if you ask people in the great state of Michigan, what did Bo Beckler do? Oh, man, Bo Beckler won every game, man, against Woody. And if you ask people in Ohio, we never had anybody like Woody, man. Never had anybody like Woody. Woody won every game against Bo, truth of the matter. And I'm going to give you some numbers here. Did you know Bo Schembechler, Michigan's coach, went 11-9-1 against Ohio State? Did you know this? Did did, did you know this? Woody went 16-11-1. Now let me say this again. Bo Schembechler, the greatest coach in the history of the world. He's the greatest coach ever, blah, 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 blah. Every t- Ohio has the greatest coach ever. Michigan has the greatest coach ever. You get what I'm saying here. Woody Hayes, 11, uh, 16, 11, and 1. Woody Hayes had a losing record against Bo Schembechler, 4, 5, and 1, which means Bo Schembechler had a winning record against Woody Hayes. See, history is just odd this way. Bo Schembechler never won a national championship. Woody Hayes won 4. But if you talk to people in and around these two states, well, guess what? Well, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, Woody was the greatest. Bo's the greatest. No, no, no. They lost in this game. The only guy that didn't lose in this game was Urban Meyer. Blood Carr won a national championship. He won one more than Bo Schembechler. He went 6-7 and seven versus Ohio State. John Cooper, I told you, went 2-10. and ten. Now, Gary Moeller replaced Bo and Gary Moeller was a really good coach. Gary Moeller had a little bit of a problem one night, and that resulted in him getting fired. Got a little hammered at a bar downtown Ann Arbor. Got in a dispute. This is before the internet. The reports came out. The Wolves went after him, and Gary, Meyer got fu- Gary Moeller got fired. But this is the history here. So, Ohio State fans, be careful what you wish for. I know you don't want to hear it right now, but let me go through some things. St- 50- Six and seven. Uh. 39 and three. The only losses that Ryan Day has had in the Big Ten have been to Michigan. That's it. 39 and three. Now, you can have idiots like Maurice Claret talking about, man, you got to fire me, pay $9 million. Shut up. Just shut up. The only guy that went undefeated is Urban Meyer. That's it. That's it. You can like Urban. I personally really like Urban. But I don't want to hear about, well, man, we got to fire this guy because he's lost three in a row. Let me tell you something. He – let me tell you what he actually did. He actually is the only coach in Ohio State history that made Ohio State – or excuse me, made Michigan quit. Made him quit. Yes, made him quit. 2020, Harbaugh knew he was going to get his brains beat out, so they quit. They didn't play the game. That's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh had, well, we got COVID. We got too much COVID. Yeah, you played all these other games, but guess what? You couldn't play that one? Okay. Pull this, it plays Jingle Bells. So don't start with me with Ryan Day's got to go. Don't start with me that Ryan Day can't do this or can't do that. Just stop. Seriously, just stop. 39 and 3. You know, Urban got beat in the Tyler Trent game. He did. Uh, guys get beat. Like, not everybody goes undefeated, but I'll tell you something else. Very few guys go 39 and 3 in the Big Ten. Here's the deal in the Big Ten, and let me explain this to all you Ohio State fans. Just real quick. Uh, the other teams are trying too. The other teams are giving it a pretty damn good effort, too. You understand what I'm saying? Like they're on scholarship. They put a lot of money into Penn State football. They put a lot of money into Iowa football. They put a blank ton of money into Wisconsin football. Hell, they put a lot of money into Indiana football. They put a lot of money into Rutgers football. The guy at Indiana is getting paid twenty or fifteen point five million dollars to go to hell away. Now I'm gonna say that again fifteen and a half million dollars to go away. The teams are trying. They're trying hard, and no one's been able to handle what Day has been able to do. 39-3. and Are you out of your mind? Are you insane? Shut up. No, you're making me crazy here, people. You're absolutely making me crazy. So, I get it. You're mad. I get it. Former player guy, man, you got to beat Ohio State. See, I've never been that way, Even, even as much disdain as I have had for the way Indiana has gone. I never say you got to beat Purdue. I don't. I'd like you to beat Purdue, but I'd really like you to do is win championships. See, that's my thing at Indiana. Win a championship. Don't quit in the, I don't know, NCAA tournament two years in a row. That's where my piss-em-off comes from. But I got to tell you, look, here's the deal. Ohio State's fine. They'll win next year. Hardball will be gone. You got no real scandals. Day's doing a hell of a job. Just shut up. Oh, you don't understand Ohio football? Yeah, I do. I lived there for 10 years and I coached in that state for 10 years. I totally understand. It. What's his future? Uh, you better beat Ohio, or you better beat Michigan. And I told you before this was going to be bad. You know, I, I told you before if you lose to an interim coach, particularly the crying clown, it ain't going to be good for you. And you know that going in. You're paid $9 million to handle these things. You actually paid $9 million to win national championship, but Harbaugh's paid more. So don't even give me that crap, but I'm going to go through it again. Bo Schembechler, 11, 9, and 1. Dude didn't go undefeated. Woody Hayes had a losing record to Bo Beckler in the 10-year war. Lloyd Carr won a national championship. He had a losing record against Ohio State. I don't know. John Cooper, he is 2-10 forever. Urban Meyer is 7-0. But again... They got spoiled. He did. He got spoiled. Hey, our friend Greg Doyle, who I hate to waste even a moment on, is now saying that Aaron Rodgers didn't really have, didn't have an Achilles injury, didn't tear his Achilles. That's what the doctor from Indianapolis is having to say. I hate to give this cretin, this adulterous, lecherous, horrible human being any time at all, but it's it's a bigger, broader issue. See, this guy Doyle does what a lot of media guys do. He is biased as hell over something he literally knows nothing about. He's biased because Aaron Rodgers is anti-vax. He's biased because anti- Aaron Rodgers goes on McAfee's show and spouts it. He's unafraid. This is what I've told you about the media. Not just about this little cretin Doyle who's insignificant as hell. Like, look, there are going to be most of, if not all, Doyle's lies about me will be exposed here in the next couple of days. He wrote an article a couple of years ago, total lies used of, just ridiculous. But anyway, Doyle is a pathological liar. He cannot tell the truth in articles, and privately, just can't do it. So here's the deal. Whatever he says doesn't matter. Let's eliminate Doyle from this conversation. The thing about it is this. The thing about it is, this is bigger. The media will do anything they possibly can to promote a far-right crazy, a far-left crazy agenda, anything. Guy goes on a show, Aaron Rodgers. He just says what it is that he says. He says what it is that he believes. And all of a sudden, he's a liar. Okay, well, where's the lie? Everybody said they're a liar. I'm a liar. Everybody's a liar to Greg Doyle. I mean, I made this guy so mad that he admitted adultery. Now, he was lying in the article about the adultery. I helped him through two different adulteries, one of which was with an ESPN reporter, married, two kids. But I'm just saying, he lies and li- But yet, he's going to call out our guy, Aaron Rodgers. Why? Because he's anti-vax. Let's move away from Doyle. I keep saying that, but I don't do it. Let's move away. Washington Post. Did you know that they are spinning? That this is a far-right mentality that led to the stabbing in Ireland? I mean, we could go on and on and on. But this is why nobody, and I mean nobody, trusts the media. Because if you are on the wrong side of them, if you do not comply with them, if you insult them, They will come after you. And the right side of the media is the left. The far left crazy people like Doyle and others in the media can't stand that they're not being listened to. My way is right. I am right. You are wrong. Aaron Rodgers just simply said, hey, look, this is what I believe. The people that want free speech the most want free speech the less. Free speech is great as long as it's their speech, as long as it's what they have to say. You see it every day. You see it every day and you see it every way in the Washington Post or in the New York Times. That Taylor Lorenz lady is insane with it. She showed up at the libs of TikTok person's house. And then, of course, when she got attacked, what'd she do? She cried. Doyle, same thing. I come at them. I come at them because they, at the Indianapolis Star, Doyle and a lady named Dana something Hunzaker Bembo have lied about me constantly relative to an incident in Scottsburg, Indiana. So I come at them, I come back. I don't start it, I come back. What do they do? They get their feelings hurt and they attack. And that's exactly what's happening to Aaron Rodgers here. Feelings are hurt. You're not listening to me. And he knows, Doyle does, as most media does, that if you just read their stuff about the Colts or about the commanders or about the Jets or the Giants and you write for the Times or you write for the Post or you write from the start, no one's listening. Because we can get our information anywhere. We can go to Twitter and get information from real NFL people. We don't need little scrawny, cowardice writer guy to tell us anything about what the Colts did. We can listen to press conferences. We can see interviews. We can go to KentSterling.com for crying out loud and get more information in one second than we can from Greg Doyle's Indy Star. And it's the same thing in Washington. It's the same thing in New York. So what do they do? They've got to find clicks. That's why there will be another article coming up here on me, I assume, ripping me, because they gotta find clicks. In Indianapolis, you go to me, and you go to McAfee, and you win awards. It's just the way it is. In Washington, sports-wise, you go to Daniel Snyder, and you're gonna get clicks. New York, who's the star? Aaron Rodgers is the star. You get clicks. See, you get a monumental amount of clicks in Indianapolis or various cities by using certain people. Indy, it's me and McAfee, period. Hell, I've got more i I've got more awards for these two lying jackasses, Dana Bemba, whatever the hell her name is, and Greg Doyle than they've ever won. I'm sorry, their awards are because of me or because of McAfee. It's what happens in the world. It just is. So now Aaron Rodgers didn't tear his Achilles, despite what doctors have said, despite what Rodgers have said, despite whatever. But he didn't do it, according to little scrawny, cowardice, adulterous writer guy. Oh, okay, if you say so. But understand it's a bigger, broader issue. There are certain people in certain cities that garner clicks. Aaron Rodgers is universal. Tom Brady gets clicks. Aaron Rodgers gets clicks. You can write in Indianapolis about Purdue basketball all you want. No one's going to care. They're number one in the country. Ain't nobody going to care. Write an article about me, you'll win a prize. The state will give you an award. Promise you. That's the way it is. And that's why they do it. Doyle, I'm sure others as well, used to be a pretty good writer. Used to be entertaining. Now he's just a shell of himself. Now he's just a guy hoping and begging you to buy his newspaper for a dollar a year. A dollar a year. Check it out. Check the Washington Post. Check the USA Today. Check the ads of the paper in your area. Check it. They're giving it away. 25 cents, first six months, dollar for the year. (laughs) Why do you think that is? Because nobody's reading these clowns. Look, <clears throat> I can go get every comment that the quarterback Minshew made. I can get every comment that the quarterback Sam Howell made in Washington. Every comment that that whoever's quarterback in the Jets, Boyle or Danny DeVito or Tommy DeVito makes. In the, I don't need some little scrawny writer guy that never played, never coached. Can't wipe his ass with either hand athletically telling me what's going on with my team. And then I can get actual NFL guys with insight. I don't need the star, the post, or the times. Come on. They need you. They need you for clicks. So there you go. Man. All right, Mike Elko gives me gas. I'm tired of Mike Elko. Mike Elko came out. If you don't know who Mike Elko is, he spent two years at Duke. He went 5-3 and three and then 4-4. Four and four. Oh, he lost his quarterback. Hey, look. I lost my three best players at Bowling Green five or ten years. I lost my two best seven of ten years. Nobody gives a rat's ass. So let's go through this. So Texas A&M was going to hire Mark Stoops. People got mad. A lot like what happened with Greg Schiano in Tennessee. People got mad. They revolted. And Texas A&M was dumb enough to put their finger in the air and, wait a second, Okay, we can't hire Mark Stoops. We got to find somebody else. So they went to Duke. Now you got to understand this. They go to Duke, guys, five and three, four and four. I'm going to give you a couple things. Mike Elko, five of his 16 wins, he's got 16 wins in a couple years. Five of his 16 wins have come against teams with a winning record. Power five teams with a winning record. Five. That's it. That's it. And this guy is going to replace Jimbo Fisher. This guy who was on Jimbo Fisher's staff is going to replace Jimbo Fisher. Now, that's not the worst part of it. See, here's where I tell you and I tell you and I tell you, college football coaches are completely full of crap. They stand up there. It's game week. They got their tie and their jacket. It's game week. And you go, yeah, it's game week. And we talk about honor, and we align ourselves with the police and with the military, and we talk about all of those things. Integrity. You know what they do after they leave the press conference? They get on the phone, and they try to talk 16- to 18-year-olds out of a commitment to another school. Football coaches are full of crap, and Mike Elko is absolutely no different. I mean, zero, none, nada, zip, zero, no different even a little bit. Why do you ask? I'll tell you why. Because it was very, very recently that Elko decided he was going to come out and say things like, well, it's going to be the Wild West here when we get into the transfer portal. He said this a few days ago. In 13 days, when a transfer portal opens, it's going to be bad. And he made it sound like it's awful that players were gonna transfer. He made it sound like it was the worst thing ever. Guess what he did? Go on, take the money and run. Ooh, 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 go on, take the money and run. Ooh, doggy. go on, take the money and run. No, I'm just telling you, these coaches are frauds. So now, Texas A&M has a guy, their guy, that, well, if I'm gonna be honest, With you, and I think that's why you come here, was part of why Jimbo Fisher got fired. I mean, if you don't think he was, I don't know what to tell you, but he was. Mike Elko was on Jimbo Fisher's staff. He was part of him getting fired. Mike Elko said this, we're probably about 13 days from complete anarchy and the Wild West. It's literally open free agency for all of college football. I don't know that anyone is immune to what is going on in a portal. It's just what it is. And you've got to put together a strategy to retain your players. And NIL is a big part of it. Well, guess what? Guess what? Uh, he's the guy that ended up leaving. And look, on the surface, that doesn't seem bad, right? On the surface, you're saying to me, hey, Dockets, what's wrong with that? Well, the deal is this. He did not say that in a positive manner. He said that because two things. One, he wants to be a voice to stop free agency. And two, he needs more money for Duke. Now he's got all the money he wants. Not a big guy. The big guy with five FBS Power Five wins with a winning record. And it ain't great. Gets a chance at the big time. Uh, We talked about Michigan and Ohio State. Look, Michigan looked really well coached. You can say whatever you'd like. They looked really well-coached. Penalties, uh-uh. Didn't matter in the game. Got a great call in the end zone. Quarterback, damn good. Running and throwing. When they needed him, he was there. Look, I don't know who's tougher than who. And I'm not going to say Michigan was tougher. It's a hell of a football game. Michigan got to win. Here's interesting. You know that President Ono, who was so, so, so adept at tweets while Michigan was going through all that Michigan was going through? Well, ever since Ono oh Harbaugh and their their athletic director, Ward Manuel, went to that ill-fated meeting with the Big Ten that lasted about a half hour and got bitch-slapped around and ended up, Michigan did, accepting the suspension of Jim Harbaugh, Elko, or excuse me, Ono, oh the president, has deleted his tweets of support, including bet, and hasn't been heard from since on Twitter. Fun stuff. I think Harbaugh, he gone. Uh, the Milro Miracle, look, we can say it's the big game. We can talk about the big game. It's Ohio State, Michigan. That ain't the big game. I mean, we've had 100 yard kickoff returns, and now we got the Milro Miracle. Time running out, fourth in a million. Actually, fourth and goal from like the 30. Jalen Milrow drops back, finds a receiver in the corner, and it's the greatest play you've seen all weekend. But I'm also, fellas, fellas, I say this all the time. If you coach, listen to this. I don't care if you coach little kids to take a dump, listen to this. Never let the ball go over your head in any sport. Defensive back. For Auburn, lets the ball go over his head. Wide receiver from Alabama. Let's use football terms. He high-pointed the ball. Touchdown. Unbelievable. And then they got the cover on a pick six. It was the most unbelievable 43 seconds maybe in football history. There have been a lot of them. But maybe, just maybe the greatest. And now... I don't know what the hell you do with Alabama. See, here's Ohio State's day. They lose to Michigan, but about, I don't know, halfway through all of these games, it's looking all right. Alabama is going to lose to Auburn. They're out. Washington looked like they might lose to Washington State, and they were going to be out. And then all of a sudden, whoop, it flipped. Wasu ends up losing to Washington. Now, I don't know what Michael Penix was doing, but I would not vote for him for the Heisman Trophy. What a drama guy. What are you doing? Like, maybe he's throwing up in a bucket on the side. Hell, I was throwing up on the sideline when we beat Michael Jordan. I got up and started dancing around and celebrating because we won. Michael Penix missed a hell of an opportunity. I would not vote for him for Heisman. First, he didn't play very well. Second, he looked like a little drama kid. He's got his hoodie on. They just won a game. I don't care if I'm half dead. I don't care. I'm puking in a bucket with a towel over my head on the sideline, looking up as Alford and Giomi and Uwe are making free throws. I'm puking my guts up. I put a towel so nobody sees me. And when we win, screw that towel, wiped the puke, threw it away, and went and celebrated. Michael Penix had a great opportunity to show his gratitude. Michael Penix had a great opportunity to show love for a kicker that hit a game-winning field goal in the biggest game of the year. And what did he do? He put his head and walked off with a security guard. Michael Penick's my ass. That's all. I don't care. You can, I did this. Not, none of you did this. I did this exact thing. I got people saying, well, he means puking. Yeah, I don't care. I was puking. I asked a big old security guard, hey, give me that yellow bucket, will you? I grabbed a yellow bucket. I didn't want the world to see me puking. I put it in front of me. I put a towel over my head, and I'm puking. On the bench, in the Omni, 1984 is we're whooping Michael Jordan's ass. I peek up. <sighs> Get out of here. Get out of here with that, Penix. I hope you lose to Oregon because Bo Nix is a stud. Right, Bo Nix was thinking, God, his teammates, all this stuff post-game. And what was Michael Penix doing? Acting like he just survived Normandy. Just shut up with that. No, that's my theory. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you don't. And the smartest guy that I know. You know, a few weeks ago, I told you about Junior Bridgman being the richest guy you've richest player, former basketball player you've never heard of. Well, this is the guy, my friend, that put all his deals together. Put all his deals together. Hey, Dan, and his son played football at Indiana. Dan Penix really struck a nerve. You're among the only ones to call him out. How disrespectful. Is that of your kicker? It said, Look at me. Look at me. I'm going to put my head in a cabinet and puke. Not, I'm going to live and die with my teammate. We're in this together. I'm going to celebrate with you. You hit this. I've seen you hit it 100 million times. You got this. Instead, Penix is sitting in a corner. While Bo Nix looked regal after the game, he did. He looked regal, positively regal. Penix looked disturbed. Good for Bo Nix, bad for Penix, good for Indiana. Indiana fired Tom Allen. Now, look, you got to always do this with Indiana. Tom Allen's a great guy. He's a great man. Love the Tom Allen served. Leo, blah, 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 blah. We hired a gym teacher. I said it at the time they hired And then, really, I liked Tom Allen. I apologized to him for that comment. I did. I thought Tom Allen's a really nice man. He used to come on my radio show once a week, a deal we had with Indiana, and he would come on. And I'm like, all right. He's a good dude. I'm like, coach, I apologize. In 2020, he was the coach of the year. And look, I try. I try to follow Indiana football. I know the deal in Indiana football. I know they are going to crap the bed. I know their players are fraud. They've been fraud since 1973 they were frauds when i was in college they always worried more about the party and then when i coached there for 16 years they were frauds there's no reason to think they're not frauds when something goes bad in indiana football it escalates and they stinks so they were like 3 and 24 over the last 3 years since 2023 and 24 and the former players in indiana are complaining shut up former players in indiana you're 3 and 24 last 3 years look Indiana built a brand new, they said it's the biggest weight room other than Nebraska. Indiana did one of those idiotic videos where the players ran into their locker room and like little school kids went, oh my God, look at what we got. Yeah, shut up. They paid Tom Allen a zillion dollars. And now all of a sudden they're not investing in the program? Just shut up. There's nothing to invest in. Why would you invest in that program? But here's what I would do. Dockets. You need a solution. I'll tell you exactly my solution. Indiana would never do this. Although I have, I have been texting with the athletic director Scott Dolson. He's a friend. I'd hire John Gruden. No, let me take that back. I would talk seriously with John Gruden. Now, Jeff Rabjohns, who is the lackey. Uh, for the athletic department. He's a guy that's a writer for this website called Pigs. Pigs good guy. Rab Fakes is a little lackey. He says Gruden is absolutely not a candidate. He's probably right. That was probably leaked to him by the athletic department, but that's stupid. You got the big four coming in next year. You got teams coming in that are going to try to kick your ass. And guess what? What are you doing? You need a miracle to compete in football. You need a difference maker. Gruden is from Indiana, or at least he lived in Indiana. He was a ball boy on our teams, well, Indiana's teams before I got there. His dad coached in Indiana. He and his brother Jay grew up going to school in Indiana. So he's got a little bit of a tie there. I don't know what those emails meant or didn't mean. That's for you all to decide. I'm tired of, well, he sent emails 15 years ago, and it's coded language. Shut up. Give me somebody in there that's going to coach. If not John Gruden, then I want Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen recruited at a high level at Florida. Not as high as you all want. And again, be careful what you wish for at Florida. Guess who's not going bowling? Florida. I remember when Florida fans almost wanted to fight me. In fact, did want to fight me because of my defense of Urban Meyer. Yeah? How's that going for you, Florida? Dan Mullen went like 17-6 at Florida. Wasn't good enough, so now Billy Napier is not going to bowls. I'd get Dan Dan Mullen in right now. I'd be talking to him and his lovely wife, Megan, so fast to make your head spin. I saw a report today that Jimbo Fisher is going to Vandy. If that's not true, who knows what's true? If that's not true, then I'm talking to Jimbo Fisher. I don't want a Jerry DiNardo who failed out at different places. I want somebody who's won and won big at a variety of places. Look, the deal is simply this. It isn't just what you've done. It's who you are right now. A lot of guys coach, and now they know they're done. I knew I was done coaching after 10 years at Bowling Green. I did. I'm like, look, look, Ed Orgeron said it. The shelf life of some is different. So I don't know whether Dan Mullen still has the fire, but I would find out. I don't know whether Gruden has the fire, although I do. I don't know whether Jimbo Fisher, I'm talking to Gruden's people. I don't know whether Jimbo Fisher has the fire. I got to find this out. But I also know this, you better not hire a damn high school coach, period. Uh, Dana Holgerson needs to go back to Iowa. Dana Holgerson, if you remember him from West Virginia, he got fired at Houston. Dana Holgerson's a brilliant offensive mind, and he actually coached with Hell Mummy et all, Mike Leach, when they put in all this spread crazy offense. Perfect scenario. Dana Holgerson got fired. He needs to go back to Iowa. He needs to replace Ferris's kid, and he needs to be the offensive coordinator. I care so little about that job. That's all I got for you. Michigan State's a truck stop. Let's be honest. It's a truck stop. You go in. Yes, yeah, sometimes in the fall, you can take a picture one side of campus by the Cedar River, and it looks kind of nice. But it is a damn truck stop. It is. Trust me on this. The people there are like the little predator that goes in and takes a shower at the truck stop. It is a truck stop. So when Michigan State folks were all about Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer's plane is flying from Sarasota to East Lansing. Urban Meyer doesn't have a plane. There's a plane leaving East Lansing that's going to Sarasota, which is where Urban lives, that's coming back. They got. And I remember telling you there is 0% chance. Why? Because I asked. I said, yo, Irv. They're offering you $100 million to go to Michigan State. You know what his answer to me was? I wouldn't go if they offered me $200 million. It's a truck stop. So they went from Urban Meyer to some coach named Jonathan Smith. Now, understand this. All the little ESPN sideline reporters, Jonathan Smith's a great hire. Shut up. You all said that about Tom Allen. I'll never forget all the little ESPN sidelines. Oh, man, Tom Allen is just the greatest. He's so great. He's going to enter. I'm like, shut up. It's the same women, and and I don't care. I'd say this about guys, but it's the same women that when Chip Kelly went to the Eagles, first half of whether it was Sunday night or Monday night, kept saying, yes, please. We want more Chip Kelly. Shut up. They, They settled. You get the coach from Oregon State. Oregon State, all right, that guy, man, you talk about a bailout. I would pay him 10 cents on the dollar. Like, if Michigan State pays anything more than 10 cents on the dollar to some guy named Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, they're damn fools. Why? What's he going to do? What league is this guy going to coach in? What What? What league? Tell me. Oregon State doesn't have a league. Washington State doesn't have a league. So if I'm Indiana and I want Washington State's coach, I give him five cents on the dollar. Look, what are you going to do? What, are you going to coach in the Mountain West? Where are you coaching next year, Slick? You got to know what you got. To you people in Indiana, you're a Big Ten job. There's only, well, 20 of them. I don't know how many schools are in the Big Ten. Act like it. Michigan State, hey, yay rock. Holly Rowe thinks you got a great hire. Yay, Holly Rowe. (laughs) Here's her ass. Here's third base. I don't think she knows the difference. Holly Rowe, great hire. And I'd be saying the same thing about the dudes, but the dudes I haven't seen talk about this is a great hire. Gives me gas. Uh, The NFL, Philadelphia down 10 at halftime against Buffalo. Uh... Man, I don't know what to tell you. I know this. It's getting nasty in Buffalo, and I'm not talking about the weather. Jalen Hurts, I think, solidified himself as we sit here right now as the most valuable player in the league. That's what I think. I watched it yesterday, and like Romo, who is just awful anymore, by the way, so arrogant, just thinks he's cute, just get rid of him. But I'll give Romo this. He did say, Jalen, just use your legs. He did. He kept getting first downs, and he ran it in for the game-winning touchdown. It was pretty good. No, it was really, really good. Pittsburgh is bragging. We got the most yards of the year without Matt Canada. Yay! We got 400 yards. You know what? You scored 16 points. And you got an idiot wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, who should be cut today. I mean today. If you don't cut Deontay Johnson, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. 16 points. Yay! Look at our offense, Mike Tomlin. Well, you know we uh, we're just about winning. Well, if you're just about winning, you'd have kept Kennedy. He was like 17 and six over his last 23 games. But I get it. Tomlin's like every other coach, and because he has you know, talk stern like Belichick, everybody's afraid. Don't be afraid of Mike Tomlin. He wasn't tough when he was a kid. He played at William and Mary. I could have played at William and Mary. But now he's a badass because he's won some games. Just stop it. He was a coward like everybody else, and he got rid of Canada. But, hey, we got 400 yards. It's like Colts fans when the Colts lose bragging about cap space. Just win, baby, and don't tell me how great you are because of yards. You got to win against some guy named Browning, a quarterback from frickin' Louisville, whose name is is not Brom or Lamar Jackson. I don't want to hear about you. The Colts, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back on the bandwagon. Don't at me. I am back on the bandwagon. The Colts are going to the Super Bowl. The Colts are the greatest team in America. The Colts, Shane Steichen, is the most innovative coach. Uh, The fourth down fake over the top to Mo Alley-Cox, who looked like an 80-year-old man trying to run. Colts are in the playoffs as of right now, and I'm all in on Minshew Mania, Shane Steichen. Hey, you go, Chris Ballard. I've been on your ass, but all you got to do is win. To flip me, the Titans and the Panthers. I don't care. Uh, Tommy DeVito, A.K.A. Danny DeVito, continues to lead the demise. That's right, I said it. The demise of, <laughs> of Bill Belichick. Man, oh man, wait, two and nine now. Worst record in the NFL, I think, except for Carolina, who's one and ten. I mean, come on, Belichick. I thought you were the Gazda. Wait a second, Frank Reich. The media around here told me you were the quarterback whisperer. 81 and 90 million is what Belichick is without Tom Brady. And Frank Reich, he couldn't lead blank turkeys to take a dump. That guy is not a quarterback whisperer, is not an offensive coordinator, is not a head coach in the NFL. And his owner, Dave Tepper, was heard and seen coming out of the locker room yelling, The F-bomb starts with F, ends with K, and is not fire truck. As loud as he could. Huh. (laughs) Football make a grown-ass Mitch Rich Guy crazy. Speaking of grown-ass rich guys, Lou Holtz is going to join us. And I can't wait. I love talking to the Colts. I'm fired up today. Lee's out there doing a workout. The dog is quiet. Caitlin Clark is banging in threes for the win. What a day we be right back with Coach Lou Holt. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: This is the third time we've had the great coach and great man, Lou Holtz, on with us. He's been gracious with his time. And, Coach, before we get going, I want to know—I want you to know how much I appreciate your time. All right, boss, you famously questioned Ohio State's toughness, I don't know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. They end up losing to Michigan. Did toughness play into the game, the demise of Ohio State?
2: Well, it always plays an element of it, but I thought Ohio State played very physical on defense. You know, I thought their defense played very, very well the entire year, but you have to understand it. This. this Ohio State-Notre Dame game. I'm on Notre Dame campus. I'm on the show. There's all kinds of thousands of Notre Dame fans. <laughs> what am I going to say? That Notre Dame's no good? No. You're going to play to the fans, so to speak. But I also felt my heart that Ohio State was under a very physical football team on offense. As far as running the football, they can't do it on a consistent basis. and They had one run over nine yards against Michigan. And their longest run was 12 yards total. I I think that Ohio State has nothing to be ashamed of They played a good football game. They just got beat by a better team and didn't make the mistakes that Ohio State did. The two turnovers were critical in that football game.
0: Coach, you know, the last turnover, the interception, here's my question. The kid throws the ball McCord. He gets hit. Everybody wants to blame the quarterback. I didn't hear one person question the left side of the offensive line. Like I get it. It's football. It's the quarterback, but damn, I mean, everybody's involved here. People bitching at the quarterback. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't say, Hey, wait, left side of the line. How about protecting the kid? <laughs> well, you
2: don't do that because of the element of the team, but the fact is that it's a team game and nobody throws the ball very well from a supine position. You have to be able to protect them. In addition to that, Ohio State was panicking. They had to score quickly late in the game. They're down by six. They have a chance to win it. So those things happen, but you have to have good protection. And they didn't provide him with adequate protection. The great receiver, though, did catch passes for 118 yards and one touchdown. And that was a good performance by him. But Michigan was a better football team. And for the third year in a row, Michigan has beaten Ohio State. And having coached Ohio State under Woody Hayes, when we were fortunate enough to win the national championship, that is a big game. You don't lose to Michigan. John Cooper had a pretty good record, but he could not beat Michigan, and consequently he was no longer there. Now, they are going to get rid of Coach Day. He's done a tremendous job, but he does have to beat Michigan.
0: Yeah, I went through this earlier today because sometimes we forget, all right, woody hayes was four five and one against bo woody hayes was 16 11 and one bo Shembackler was 11 9 and 1. i think urban meyer and jim trestle destroyed ryan day and whoever comes in they were 16 and one combined those two guys coach
2: yeah but at the same time let's look at Michigan. really wasn't that good during those days when Bosch and Bechler was there. They were a very good football team. We played them every year at the University of Notre Dame, opening ball game. They were always an outstanding football team. But, uh, you know, it, you have to judge your program according to how well you did against University of Michigan. When Michigan's real good, your team better be real, real good. And what I said Coach. about them not being really tough, Dan, you have to be physical in a game like Michigan. You got to be able to run the football. You got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And Ohio State did not do that, but they weren't greatly. Uh, every year, you look at Ohio State has one of the best recruiting years in the country. They have great athletes. They have a good NIL program. Uh, all these things come into it.
0: Coach, how bad is it for Coach Day right now? Oh,
2: it's real good when Maurice Clyde Claret, the <laughs> great running back, says he ought to be fired. Now he backtracked on that. But no, he's done a tremendous job there. He's an excellent coach. He has a good program going. But they have to beat Michigan. Now, I, I'll say this. I've known Jim Harbaugh for 35 years. Ever since he threw the fade against me, my first game at Notre Dame on third down and 10 to beat us 24-23. He's a good person. He won at Stanford. He won with the uh, 49ers. He has won at the University of Michigan. But I always use those three rules. Rule number one, do what's right. And what he did and what his staff did was not the right thing to do. I'm not sure the punishment uh, is equal to the felony that occurred, but that's what the NCAA made that decision. in missed three games, and they won all three of
0: them. Hey, Coach, uh, the Carolina Panthers just fired Frank Reich about, you know, three-quarters of the way through the first year. You know, coaching, you used to get a little bit of time, whether it's the NFL or college football. What, what's your reaction to coaches being fired first year rebuilding a program?
2: Well, when much is given, much is expected. And, uh, you know, they're paying coaches $8 $10 million a year, and they don't win. But the reason he got fired was because how good Trout is playing for the, uh, for the, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's Jackson. had a tremendous year. They're competitive. They, they could have won the football game against Jacksonville, taking over first place. Their field goal hits the crossbar and bounces back on the last play of the game. So when they're having great success and you had the number one draft pick and you didn't take him, and why can't we have equal success? That, that's what happens. And people are impatient. I remember, Dan, when I started coaching, I'd go to the coaches' convention as a young head coach. And the head coaches would get together every night in somebody's suite, whether it was Bear Bryant, who had been Alabama forever, or, or uh, uh, the, the guy at Penn State, Rip Engel, uh, Schwartzwalder uh, at, at Penn State or excuse me, it's in Syracuse. So these Sir, coaches were there forever. You look at Wally Butts and how long he was at the University of Georgia. You look at uh, Auburn there. So that's when, but then again, let's remember, I made $110,000 at Notre Dame after we signed the NBC contract, after we increased the stadium to 80000 after we went to nine straight January 1 bowls, the Sugar, the Cotton, the Orange, or the Fiesta. Those are the only bowls we ever went to. And yet I made $110,000. And then they weren't very patient. I mean, they wanted to win. We'd go nine and two, and everybody would be bumble while the program's going to hell. We don't have a chance anymore.
0: Man, the collar, I went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school an hour away, and Gary, the collar don't pay, right? The collar ain't paying. Freaking well,
2: poverty! the head coach couldn't make more than the priest. The priest was talking about poverty, but uh, I also went to a Catholic grade school. Say St. now, wishes stop by the sisters of Notre Dame uh, out of Cleveland, and every Friday uh would pray for Notre Dame success. We marched out every day at noon recess at dismissal to the Notre Dame victory march, So that just comes naturally. And that's why I think Notre Dame's recruiting. They, you look at the top high school teams, Dad. Over half of them are Catholic, and so you should have a in you should have a home field advantage as far as recruiting a Catholic high school. So Notre Dame always had pretty good talent. They will, should always compete for the national championship. They did it this year. We had a good year. We're nine and three. We may win the bowl game. 10 wins. That's great. We did not have a great victory. We could end one against Ohio State, but that didn't work, right, work out. But I like where the program's headed.
0: Damn, the nuns got nuns called me in a room and yelled at me when I committed to Bobby Knight and in Indiana. The the nuns were pissed. Why didn't you go play for Digger? I said Digger doesn't recruit Indiana kids. They didn't. Hey, coach, I do want to ask you about Texas A and M. You pay a guy seventy seven million to go away. I, I'm sure the coach from Duke is a good coach, but damn. 77 to go away is Texas A&M, you know, can it, if you pay that much, you got to be on the level of Michigan, of Alabama, of, you know, well, Ohio State. I mean, can...
2: there is nothing at A&M that keeps them from competing for the national championship. They have a beautiful stadium. They have great foot facilities. They have an awful lot of money and they have a tremendous student body. Uh, I coached down there maybe five or six times. It's a wonderful place to go and the coach they hired help uh, from Duke. He was a defense coordinator at Notre Dame. Then he was hired by Jumbo Fisher and they had pretty good success when he was a defense coordinator. After he left, they haven't been the same on defense, but uh, $77 million, that's an awful lot of money. Uh, I got Jumbo Fisher's picture above my bed because he's my hero. <laughs> He loses and gets $77 million to walk away. I never got a cent from any of the six schools where I coached when I left there. So uh, he's my hero. If you can do it, that's great work.
0: You needed a a new agent. Hey, I didn't have
2: it. I didn't want one because I wanted to look the other person in the eye across the desk from me. And we had the same objective as to have a great experience for the players and and, and to win. And uh, you, you didn't need an agent. Now I've coached six college situations, never inherited a winner, never failed to go to a bowl game by the second year to the it. Never left under the same president that Hodge hired me. When they hire a new president, you're not their guy. You don't need them anymore. They want their own guy in there. So. I never had an agent. That was a mistake. I, I look back on it now. I'm still working. That was a mistake.
0: Yeah, I think you're doing just fine, Coach. I got to ask you, you coached obviously in the state of Indiana for a long time. Indiana job, now they gave that guy $15.5 and, and he went 3 and 24 last three years. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, what do you think? It, 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 how do you bring Indiana football out of where Indiana football has been forever?
2: I think that there are two schools of Big Ten that should win more than they do. One is Indiana, the other one's Illinois. Why Indiana? It's a beautiful school. The weather is much better than it is in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, et cetera. Number two, you're close to the state of Ohio in recruiting. Uh, and, and with the nail, you have to get the alums to step up. And every school has wealthy alums. But they, they should. They should be able to recruit. Good athletes there in Indiana, you're playing in the Big Ten, there's no reason. But you have to build a culture, and Indiana does not have a culture. See, you go through four stages, Dad, when you take over a situation. Stage number one, <clears throat> you learn how to compete. And you can not only be competitive when you execute the fundamentals. Block and tackle it, that's where it starts. After you learn to be competitive, you got to learn how to win. You learn how to win by doing little things. Everybody does the big things. The good things are the ones that do the little things. Then you go through stage three. You learn how to handle winning. Once you start winning, everybody forgets what it was like. They take it for granted. Players coming in there, expected to win. And that's where all kinds of problems start. Once you learn to handle winning, then you go through stage four, where you develop the culture that brings about a championship. And that culture is when the players take charge of the team. They get on the players coming in, that isn't the way we do things here, that's not the way we practice, et cetera. When you develop that culture, it just sort of carries over. And you look at all the good schools, they develop a culture. And Indiana and Illinois has never really developed a culture. The reason I the Illinois, first game I ever saw was 1947. Pittsburgh versus Illinois, second play of the game, a little back by the name of Buddy Yen, went about 70 yards for a touchdown. I fell in love with it because it was so small. But you got to go through those four stages, but you got to de- develop a culture on that team where they expect to win, they work to win, and they do the little things the right way.
0: Coach, uh it's funny you say illinois because coach Knight and i used to talk about it all the time that illinois was probably the most underachieving basketball school as well for a lot of what you're saying you know they they, they went to a final four never won national championship but there's players that are there i, I want to get into something else with you coach if you who would be right now the, the it's the smoke's cleared a little bit who is your top four who would you put right now in the college football playoff
2: Well, you can't do that, but about 12, 15 years ago when I was doing TV, I complained about four teams. I said, you got to go to a minimum of eight teams. Uh, Now, right now, eight teams, Dan, have a chance to play for the national championship. In the top eight, four of them are undefeated. The four undefeated are Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. Then you have four teams with only one loss, Alabama, Texas, Ohio State, and uh, I think it's Oregon. So it's going to come from that. And you, Oregon's going to play Washington. I think Oregon will beat Washington this time. That will put Oregon or Washington in. Georgia's going to play Alabama. One of those two are definitely going in. Michigan is going to beat Iowa. If they score a field goal, the game's over. But the, so you're looking at Michigan now. What happens if Florida State gets beat by Louisville? And that could happen without their quarterback. I think Florida State's an excellent football team. I think Kushner has done a tremendous job there. He's developed a culture on that football team at Florida State, which they haven't had since Bobby Bowden left. So now, if they do get beat, are you going to take a one-loss Alabama? Or excuse me, if Alabama wins, you're going to take a one-loss Georgia? You're going to take a one-loss so I step. What are you going to do? But I think three of them are pretty much set dead. But there's still eight teams with a chance to be in that final group, and a lot of them will be determined this weekend.
0: Coach, you ever seen? I know you have. It's a dumb way to ask you because you've seen everything. But that Iron Bowl, well, Millroll throws a touchdown pass in the back of the end zone, third in a lifetime. Uh, You see anything like that?
2: It's 31 yards that he throws and completes it. Here's what I – everybody practices situational football, but not enough teams practice at the end of the game. Now, some teams say, well, we're going to get the prevent defense. Other teams say, we're going to get the victory defense. I say it prevents victory. And what happened, they didn't rush anybody. They had two guys there making sure he didn't scramble. Let him scramble. He ain't going to go 31 yards without somebody coming up and tackling him. I think the best thing you do in a situation that rush five people or rush four and have one of them spy to make sure that he gets rid of it on time and get back there and play the ball. It was unheard of. I, but once again, it was a case of a team expected to win and another team finding a way to lose.
0: That's exactly right. They Coach. They, lost, out-
2: they hey. lost to New Mexico State. Auburn did the week before rather decisively.
0: You know, you said – people always ask me what what was the best thing Coach Knight did, and I know you did this because you just mentioned it. I want to go back to something. Handling success on a college campus like Indiana basketball, Notre Dame football – is really important, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned that earlier. That is such a big deal. And I always tell people that was Coach Knight's strength. I always felt as the head coach at Indiana. Making us as players understand it's expected, let's move to the next, is so important.
2: Absolutely. At, at a team meeting in 1988, they said our football team, you don't come to Notre Dame to win some of them. You don't come to Notre Dame to win most of them. You come to Notre Dame to win all of them. And our goal should be perfection we are not going to achieve it but we ought to be so close that people can't tell the difference it's the expectations that the players have and understand what is the demanded of them i think coach night was a tremendous basketball coach but he's also an honest coach he ran an honest program and i admired him so much and enjoyed him so much but you got to develop a culture where the expectations, your players, they understand. And when you have a team, everybody has a role. Not everybody can be first team, not everybody can be all American, but everybody has a role. And I expect to do that role to the best of your ability. You, you, you may not want you may want to fail and that's your right. but you do not have the right to cause other people to fail. 'Cause you don't fulfill your obligation. Maybe your obligation is to be a good scout squatter, to give them a good look. So that when they get the game on Saturday, then it's not that difficult. Maybe the roles that cover kickoffs, maybe the roles to be a third down receiver, whatever the case may be, whatever your role is, you must understand your role and you must be willing to do that. Too many times a losing situation, you know this in basketball. The great basketball teams are the ones in the last second. They know who to go to, who's the number one option, who's number two. Uh, But when you have a team where everybody wants the ball when it's a critical time, they don't want to accept their role. They want to have their role be the star, and that can't be.
0: Coach, I can't tell you how much I appreciate talking to you. It is the highlight of my week when you come on, Coach. Thank you so much you've
2: had a bad week, but thank you for having me
0: there. <laughs> it's only Monday. It's only Monday. You know, come on. It's only Monday.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks,
0: Coach. I love talking to Coach Holtz, man. I do. I just absolutely love it. You, Indiana basketball former players over the last couple of years, you can't like what Coach said, man. You guys are doing TikTok videos tiktok videos because you beat wyoming in the first round of the ncaa tournament we'll be right back our friend jonathan hutton joined no wait chad withrow joined i don't know i'm fired up after talking to coach holt that's it i gotta take a break we'll be right back with more on don't at me across the outkick network You know him, you love him, co-host of Hot Mike, our friend, Chad Withrow. All right, let's just go into it. Let's do this. Uh, Frank Reich out, 11 games in, 1-10. and Are you surprised first year and out?
3: I am surprised, but David Tepper's uh, history tells us I probably shouldn't be surprised because he is quick to make moves like this when, when he doesn't feel like it's going well. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. We've seen it with some of the soccer teams that the guy owns as well. So um, it's very quick, but I also think that you know it's, um, it's one that maybe shouldn't surprise us, given his history of being so temperamental.
0: You know, I, I just had Lou Holtz on, and he made mention, he goes, look, Uh, coaching is funny. You get Stroud, maybe it's different. You're sitting there, you're in Carolina, and you're watching C.J. Stroud doing what he's doing, and you're watching Bryce Young struggle. I almost felt like that falls more on the general manager than it does the coach. I get where it's on the coach. I do. But, damn, it's got to be hard if you're sitting in Carolina watching Stroud and then watching your guy. It's tough,
3: and I'm watching the Titans-Panthers game yesterday. And by the way, I think Adam Amin on Fox summed it up perfectly when he opened the broadcast on Fox of that game and said, if you're watching this game, you must really love football. That's how the the game opened. Uh, Because both those teams are really bad. And the Panthers are awful. And the Titans had 17 points at halftime and didn't need to score again. And it was just clear that nothing the Panthers could do. They were not going to score 17 points in that game. They could have played eight quarters and they wouldn't have scored 17 points. And Bryce Young just has nothing around him. The Titans basically doubled Adam Thielen, which sounds crazy when you think about some of the weapons across the league, but they took him out of the game, and there was just no answer. I don't think it's all Bryce Young. I still think he's a good player, Um, but he's running for his life. He looks uncertain. He's quickly trying to get out of the pocket on plays. Everything just looks totally discombobulated uh, with with the Panthers right now. So – You know, I can understand uh, making a move somewhere, but I'm kind of with you, Dan. I I look around that roster. I don't see a lot of answers right now. That's just a really bad football team. They're terrible in the offensive line. They got no weapons around Bryce Young. We're not really getting a good look at what Bryce Young could be. But if anyone's got a rookie quarterback playing in the NFL right now, I think you're looking at C.J. Stroud and you're probably a little bit frustrated that your guy doesn't look like that guy in Houston because he's been terrific.
0: Boy, he really has. Hey, uh, Texas A&M goes gets Elko, Michigan, Ohio State. Ryan Day, he's got a little problem, even though he's thirty nine and three. Give me your thoughts on both from the weekend. Well,
3: I think it's interesting with A and M that essentially uh, you, you had uh, Mark Stoops get Greg Schianoed there. I mean, that was right. what the Tennessee fans did online. It was an online revolt that led to them not hiring Greg Schiano. They kind of floated that name out there, and it was going to happen. And then A&M fans were so upset about it, they retracted the offer from him. And he has that statement about, you know, I'm here at Kentucky. I'm going to say, okay, fine, great. He was going to be gone for A&M had that not happened. And then I look at they're going to go hire Mike Elko, who I like as a coach, and I think did a really good job early in the year. Once his quarterback, Riley Leonard, got hurt, things fell apart a bit. But, Dan, if you look at it, you went from one – coach who finished seven and five at a basketball school that was a former Jimbo assistant to another coach that was a former Jimbo assistant that finished seven and five at a basketball school. Uh, And Mark Stoops has a longer track record than Mike Elko. So look, I like the Mike Elko hire. That was one that was close to the top of my list, but I don't understand the outrage about Stoops and then the love of Mike Elko. If you are an A&M fan, I don't understand how they're that different quite frankly Um, But look, it seems like a very sober hire for for A&M, which is maybe what that administration needs, what the boosters need. Uh, Someone who knows the lay of the land there in College Station a a little bit better than maybe Mark Stoops. But honestly, I don't see a big difference between those guys. And for Ryan Day, I mean, early in that game, they have a fourth and one at midfield. And when he decides to punt, I see that and I'm thinking they're done. Uh, Michigan knows they've got them, that they own them physically. And just that decision by Ryan Day, I think, was terrible. It set the tone in that game, and Michigan finds a way to win another close one. I think it's as simple as two great teams played, one team was a little bit better, and won a close game. But I know that it's sort of an existential crisis now at Ohio State where they feel like they've got another John Cooper that simply can't beat Michigan, regardless of, uh, regardless of who's on the Wolverine sideline. So I understand some of the, the, the fears of Ohio State fans right now, but I don't think it should rise to the level of doing something with Ryan Day.
0: Well, I think you better be careful what you wish for. I went through the numbers like a Bo Beckler, Woody Hayes, and all. people forget that, you know what, somebody does lose in that game. But, but three in a row, man, hey, that's a lot. Hey, let me go to this. If you had a vote for the most valuable player in the NFL right now, who would it be?
3: Ooh, that's a tough one. I... I I'm watching that game yesterday that everyone was was transfixed on because the rain and because the two great teams going head to head. And I got to think it's Jalen Hurts right now. I really think Jalen Hurts is probably MVP a year ago had he not gotten hurt late in that season. Uh, but the way they utilize him in that game, a lot of design quarterback runs and quarterback draws for for him looked really good uh, in some late game scenarios. They they got away with one with some bad late late game clock management there in the end and their kicker. Bailed him out with a 59 yard field goal. Uh, but if I had a pick right now, I'm going to take the quarterback who's been really good on the best team in the NFL and go with Jalen Hurts as my MVP.
0: Yeah, me too. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not sure. I guess we could always say Mahomes, but I'm really not sure, particularly after yesterday, who's second. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it seems like this is Hurts by far to lose.
3: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think C.J. Stroud was in the running. He's definitely going to be the offensive rookie yeah. of the year, but I think he was in the the running for MVP. Um, uh, a tough loss yesterday against Jacksonville. Um, Tyreek Hill, I think, is someone you throw in there. But we know that it's not going to be a, a non-quarterback uh, that 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 is reserved for the offensive uh, player of the year will be the non-quarterback. But yeah, I think it really is hurts to lose right now. And I look across the NFL, and I think the NFL is the Eagles to lose at this point. I think they're pretty clearly the best team in the league right now. Now, there's certainly teams that can beat them, the 49ers namely right there in the NFC, and we believe that the Chiefs will figure it out as they go along offensively, but it's been the Chiefs' defense that's been carrying them so far uh, through big parts of this season. So I really think Philly is, is quite a bit better than everyone else in the league right now. I think it's their Super Bowl to lose this year.
0: I kind of do too. I'm watching that yesterday, and they're down ten and a half, but against a, what's supposed to be a really good team. But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think Philly may be the better team." All right, couple of other things. Um, Dana Holgerson gets let go at Houston. All right, here's my thing. He's he was in Iowa brilliant offensive mind. He was with Hell Mummy and Mike Leach and those guys when they came up with all that offense. If I'm Iowa, I'm hiring him tomorrow. Like, I'm saying, hey, look, let's go. I need an offense in here. Michigan's going to play Iowa. Lou Holtz just said if Michigan kicks a field goal, they'll win the game. How about that?
3: Crazy. Now, you are saying that Iowa needs to hire him as offensive coordinator, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not the head coach. No, 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 offensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. And
3: I, I love that because uh, I look at Iowa and I'm watching Iowa, Nebraska, you know, when uh, somehow go under the lowest over under in the history that they've had over unders in Vegas and Kurt Ferentz is emotional after the game. They're 10 and two with no offense, which is crazy to think about that. They were able to do that. Now, that's a big statement about how bad the Big Ten West was. I think the bottom half of the Big Ten this year is as bad as a power five conference bottom half as we've seen in quite some time, and especially that that Big Ten West division. But if they get an offense there in Iowa, they're going to be something that that's going to be fun to watch. So I, I like that move for Dana Holgerson as offensive coordinator. I think he'll probably have a head coaching opportunity somewhere. I'm really interested in what Houston does here, because that is a job that you talk to people around college football and coaching, they feel like that was going to be a problem for the Big 12 when they added them that they knew that Houston was a bit of a sleeping giant. They've got Tillman Fertitta. They've got money and a big booster that's willing to spend it. They don't have to leave the city of Houston to recruit and get great players. They get the right coach in there and the right infrastructure now that they have the right conference. I think they could be a real power player. Gary Patterson reportedly interested in that job and Houston interested in him. I think that would be interesting, but whatever happens at Houston – going to be fun to follow because I do think that that's a team that in this new big 12 next year could be a factor if they get this higher, right?
0: Last thing, who's your Heisman vote right now before this coming weekend?
3: I'm still leaning and I know he's like third or fourth in the, the, the odds right now. I'm still leaning Michael Penix Jr. At Washington. I've been most impressed with him this year, but I think that could change this week because Washington is headed one direction right now with the way they've been playing, even though they've been winning. And Oregon is skyrocketing and almost a double-digit favorite in that Pac-12 championship game. So Bo Nix could very well lock up the Heisman Trophy with a huge performance and a win in that Pac-12 championship game this weekend.
0: No Jaden Daniels?
3: I, I'm, not, I'm not as big on Jaden Daniels. Uh, I, I'm really not. I, look, I think Jaden Daniels is getting, for whatever reason, people feel like he's a second-round pick. And I'm thinking, why not Jaden Daniels as a top five pick in the NFL draft? I see him right there with Caleb Williams, with Drake May, as a guy that could go very early in the draft. And he may end up going there. But I'm still surprised to see a lot of second-round evaluations for Jaden Daniels. But I, I'm not going Jaden Daniels at Heisman. I'm, I'm going one of those two Pac-12 guys this year. Give me Pennix first. Give me Bo Nix second.
0: Yeah, and they get to play. So uh, I don't know. Is the Heisman vote already in, or do they wait till after this week?
3: They wait till after the championship game week, yeah. I believe maybe okay. it's right before, but no, I yeah. think yeah they allow the championship games to happen, then they have the vote.
0: Yeah, smart. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Chad. All
3: right, Dan. We'll talk to you later today. Appreciate you.
0: Yes, sir. I'm gonna be uh, 3:40. I can't remember what time I'm on, but I will be there. It's hot, Mike, with Chad and our friend Jonathan Hutton. Don't miss it right here on Oh. Of your outkick, say you know I'm tired of Stefan Diggs. I am tired of his act. I think he's a piece of. I I I I, I don't like him. I mean every day, he Stefan Diggs acting like a dumbass uh, weekly isn't helping the Bills. Tired of his act. Tired of his ass. Get him out. Talking about it now. You know, look, every time I watch, every time I watch the Bills, it's like. You gotta set, put a uh, you gotta put a camera on this clown. You gotta put a camera on him and go. Well, I hope he doesn't act like an idiot. That destroys a team. Look, I say this all the time. Sack attack. When's the last time you saw a diva idiot wide receiver win a Super Bowl? Like when? I'll hang up and listen. When you can say A.J. Brown? I guess maybe, but he's not an idiot like this idiot. I mean, this idiot throwing tiles every day, and he's like this big. One of these linemen ought to drop him on his frickin' head. You, everybody wants to blame Josh Allen, and I get it. I, I totally get it. It's the quarterback. He's highly paid. I get it. And he's a white guy. So you got to blame him, right? No media is going to blame the black wide receiver. They're just not. You can say, well, that's racist. That's not racist. That's a fact. You know, big bad whitey here at quarterback's got to get the blame while idiot wide receiver acts like a dumbass. I mean, it's every week with this idiot. It's like, actually, it's every game with every idiot. Player empowerment, my ass. All it means is players acting like a jackass. That's what it becomes. That's all it becomes. Every game you wait for it. Winner idiot's going to fight. Winner idiot's going to act up on the sideline. It's every game. It's every game. You know a couple things are going to happen. in the NFL referees, because of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because they wanted to get younger, more diverse, more women, the refereeing stinks. Van Pelt had a tweet yesterday that says every week with this. Well, I've told you why, and I'm the only guy with the stones, the sack, to tell you why. Because they went from having experienced dudes in there to DEI the arrogance of the officials telling a longtime official friend of mine, well, it took you 25 years to get here. It only took me five. And it was all he could do to not say, well, you're diversity higher, nothing more. And it happens all the freaking time. You say whatever you'd like. But until the Buffalo Bills solve their Stefan Diggs problem, it ain't happening for them. It just isn't. Hey, DeAndre Hopkins, how much has he lost in his career? All he does is lose. That's it. He's coming to the Titans. Everybody thinks it's a great thing. Uh Uh-uh. Bill O'Brien got rid of him down in Texas for a reason. They got rid of him in Arizona for a reason. The idiot wide receiver... Doesn't help you win big. If you're just trying to win a game and have a, a play on Sports Center, the idiot wide receiver will help you. But the idiot wide receiver is Crepola. I'll tell you who's not Crepola. Jalen Milrow. I've told you about this guy. Started watching him about four weeks ago after they went down to Florida and really struggled. It was either Central or South Florida. I can't remember. Saw him get benched, saw he came back. He's my favorite college football player. He throws a 31-yard, fourth-and-forever touchdown pass. Next thing you know, the Iron Bull is won, a walk-off interception as well, got the cover, and Alabama is now in line, if they can beat Georgia, to go to the college football playoffs. I think if they beat Georgia, both of them go, and both of them should go. I do. That's just what I think. So he, ladies and gentlemen, is stock up. I love watching that kid because he got benched. That Buckner kid came over from Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner. He gets in the game. Uh, Milrow gets benched. Next thing you know, does he care? No. He's balling. It's a lesson to not only you players out there, but you daddies out there. Speaking of daddies, I've had enough of Onglio, DJ, whatever the hell his name is, the quarterbacks, Big Dave. Big Dave says – I built my kid's brand the Big Dave Plan way. I saw him on Twitter, DJU. And then he says, but all glory goes to God later on. Shut up, you fraud. Your kids ain't that good. You got beat. Shut up. I've had enough of daddies. And, again, that's where Jalen Milrow, he is a lesson to players. He's a lesson to daddies. Quarterback daddies suck. Anyway, almost as bad as baseball mommies, our Indiana basketball parents. They all suck. Tommy, not Danny DeVito, is now the starting quarterback of the New York football Giants. A buddy of mine sent me a bet. Take the Bills, or excuse me, take the Patriots, give the points against the Giants. One of the few times I had to put the Knicks on that trade because I believe The entire place in New England is tired of Bill Belichick, and I kind of, sort of, maybe believe in Danny DeVito or Tommy DeVito. Er, Yeah, here's the deal. Now, again, my boy was right because it drives you nuts, interceptions in the red zone, and that's what the New York football giants got. Hey, but you know what? Tommy DeVito has a certain something. He lives with his parents. He's an Italian kind of tough kid. I mean, good for Tommy, not Danny DeVito. New England sucks, but Tommy DeVito doesn't. You paid eight bazillion dollars for the guy that looks like a senator, the next Matt Ryan, Danny Jones, or whatever his name is, Daniel Jones, whatever the hell his name is. Well, guess what? Guess what? I got nothing for you. Uh-oh, I think the power went out in my house. You guys still got me? Hello? Oh, good. Okay. Let's keep going. Arch Manning, stock up. Girls swoon. NFL scouts lost their mind. The world went crazy because number 16 got in the game. All right. He got in the game. Yay, rah, go fight, win. And he looks just like Peyton. I've said this before. Look, before you crush me, I've thought about this. You have Okay. Arch Manning ain't that good. I'm sorry. He ain't that good. You can play this back in a few years where he's the next Tom Brady and tell me I'm nuts. But all I'm going to tell you is Arch Manning. He ain't that good. If his name was Arch Dockich, he'd be playing at Miami of Florida. He'd be better than Miami of Ohio, but not at a level where it's Texas or Ohio State or Michigan or Alabama. It ain't that level. And by the way, Texas might be playing the best football in the country. They were so good, the human victory cigar, that is, Arch Manning got in the game. I don't want to hear it. He would be at Miami of Florida, maybe North Carolina State, that kind of place. If his last name was Dockage or Taylor or Smith or Jones or whatever, he ain't all that. All right, stock down. I hate to do it. I like Ryan Day. I'm not among the guys. See, in my group here, I think the Knicks want to, want to say that our guy, Ryan Day, sucks and should be gone. Au contraire. Look. He's 39 and three. Be careful what you wish for. I'm serious about this. Be careful what you wish for. 56 and seven. Now, I'm no math major, but that's eight wins for every one loss. Now, peoples. 39 and three. Again, no math major, but that's 13 and one. Now, peoples. Peoples, I'm just telling you. They recruit at a high level. They do everything you want as an operation. They don't have scandals. The guy is fantastic. Be careful, you Ohio State fans. I know how Presidente Sean Black ain't happy with this statement, but I ain't that mad at Ryan Day. Look, I really didn't care who won. I used to care when Urban was in, and frankly, um, I'm always, I was always doing something on this game. When Woody was going against Bo, I felt the game to be boring and I didn't watch. I went outside and played. When I was in college, didn't care. Usually had practice. When I was coaching, didn't care. Had practice. When I was broadcasting, I used to do an afternoon Saturday or game usually. So the game would start. I remember leaving hotel rooms. didn't care. But now When Urban took the job, I cared because Urban's my friend and I want him to win, and I know how much he put into it. So the bottom line is this. I didn't really care who won for years and years and years. I really didn't. But I did the other day because I'm tired of cheats. Ryan Day got beat. I will say this. Michigan is a really well-coached football team. Really, really, really well-coached. And if you don't think so, you just have, uh, well... Scarlet and gray glasses. Really well coached. All right, Tom Allen stocked down. Now, look, I'm not going to go stock down on Tom Allen. I'm going to go stock down on former Indiana football players that are sitting there whining about Tom Allen getting fired. Great man! These guys wouldn't know a great man. These guys were out trying to stoop everything on campus and worried about where the post-game party is as opposed to winning. I've never really had respect for the Indiana football player. I liked some of them when I was there in my 16, 17 years. I was friends with some of them. I liked a lot of the coaches there. But it wasn't like I'm sitting there going, these guys are warriors. We always felt like Indiana football players were just one bad play away from the whole thing being a catastrophe. That started for me when I went there in 1981, and it continues today. Early in the year, I think they were playing Cincinnati, and I'm watching the game. We're at Knicks, actually, and at Knicks, we're playing Sink the Biz. Uh, Indiana gets stopped or whatever early. Next thing you know, uh, I think it was Cincinnati or Louisville. They go on a run. They break a tackle. I said to my daughter, my stepdaughter, my wife, this is the end of this game for Indiana because IU has no mental toughness in football. They complain, they whine, they piss, they moan, and they're doing it now now. Former, but you didn't invest. They invested enough to give their freaking coach 15 million. They opened up one of these big ass weight centers. They had a freaking Taj Mahal built for the players. They're giving the coach 20 million. They're giving us, but yet that's not enough. What do you all need? Maybe it's the players and the former players that suck, have always sucked. It's a big bag of suck in your former players. I don't want to hear from you. You suck. You've always sucked. Indiana basketball, we didn't have nothing. I made like 40 grand as an assistant. Our locker room stunk because Coach and I didn't want you living there. We never bitched. We just went out and played. Did we win all the time? No. But we represented, yo, shut up, Indiana former football player. You're making me lift the cheek. All right, last, Mac Jones, I don't know what to tell you, kid. And I agree with what Rex Ryan said earlier today. Hey, you know You know what? Belichick, just name a starter. They both suck. They both can't play. You can't coach without Tom Brady. You've been exposed. It's sad, but you know what? Many times the emperor wears no clothes. That's just the way the world works. So the truth of the matter is get yourself together, wipe your backside, Bill Belichick, figure out how to either lose to the point where you can get a quarterback in the draft that's gonna win something for you or figure out developing one of these quarterbacks. But I think that ship has passed. And Mac Jones, I used to be a fan, but I gotta tell you, you gotta go. You just gotta go. All right, when we come back, I got a lot more. I got viewer emails. I got a lot of viewer emails coming up. We'll be right back. Gotta take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. What a day it is today. So glad to be back. I miss you guys when we don't get a chance to talk. The YouTube chat is just out of its mind today. It is so fantastic. But you know what? We're pretty much used to that. All right. Uh, We got some emails from you guys. Hey, Dan, really enjoy your YouTube show. Well, thank you. Very nice of you and your honesty. Oh, boy, let me turn this down. Hang on, caller. Hang on, caller. Hang on. Hang on. All right. And your honesty concerning this charade at Michigan, I honestly believe that when the investigation by the NCAA is over, Harbaugh and his staff will be gone, including the AD. There's no way this idiot Stallions was standing next to Harbaugh and more, as well as Partridge, and they didn't know what was going on. Hell, the players knew because he was calling out the signals. I digress because there is so much money involved. I don't think. Michigan will get the death penalty. No chance of the death penalty. However, I do believe they won't be bowl eligible for a few years. Major recruiting reductions. Disgrace throughout the entire college football landscape. Let's rename the Michigan fight song. Hail to the cheaters. Volley hail to the thundering cheaters. God bless, Dan. Keep up the good work. I feel sorry for those players. What do you think? I don't feel sorry for nobody. I know I should. I know I'm supposed to. I understand it. But I am not feeling sorry for a soul. That's right. Now, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, this is what I like. This is what I love about college football. Ron O-V-I-A-T-T. I love him. He's always with me on Twitter. He says this, Dan, never been to East Lansing, so you may very well be right about the place. However, speaking only as a football program, listen to this. Michigan State got a great one, a great one. Yeah, they did, a great one, great. We throw around great like they're nickels. They got a great one. I mean a great one, Rob. Oh, let's look. They hired a great coach with the same character. He'll clean the crap off the doorstep. Yay, Rob, go fight, win. Yeah, he will. He's a great one. Well, okay, he's a great one. Uh, and he'll never be involved in personal conduct that will embarrass. I coach with him at Montana. He's a winner. Same type of guy as Eric Coleman, who you've had on your show. I coached him at Washington State. I have no idea if this will ever reach you. Love your show. Keep telling you like it is. Look, I'm all for it. I'm all in on it. I love it. I'm sure he's a great one. But I have a tendency, and so should most people, that when you've coached, you kind of hesitate with the great one. 23 and 29. I'll even take out the first two years. All right, by your third year. 2 and 5, 5 and 4, 6 and 3. He did go 10 and 3 last year. And 5 and 4. All right. So you take out the 1 and 8. You take out 5 and 13. So he's 18 and 16. I know Oregon State's a tough place to recruit. I know Oregon State's a tough place to live. But I got to tell you, Rob, I just learned this. I could be wrong, but I reserve the great one, great one, for guys that are a little better than that. I know I'm wrong. Tom from South Bend, Lou Holtz was right. The entire Ohio State roster is soft. That's stupid, Tom. We saw that especially at the end of the game where an interim coach, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, well, that's stupid. An interim coach led Michigan to victory while running seven of eight minutes off the clock. That is a reflection of day as a head coach. $10 not enough. Total and complete embarrassment. I feel bad for all Ohio State fans. Oh, shut up. Seriously, just shut up. The entire roster is soft. The entire roster. Now I'll give you they needed to sack up. And I'll also give you they lost to an idiot. But that's all right. I mean, the crier, uh, you know, whatever, Sharon Moore, whatever. But the truth of the matter is the entire roster is not soft. You are a Michigan guy. You live right there. You bleed blue. So just stop with the entire. I would like conversation saying the entire roster is soft. Everybody that plays at Ohio State is soft. I know. I have too much respect for football players, uh, not Indiana football players, but football players in general, to say an entire roster is soft and losing one game and going 11-1 is a total embarrassment. Uh, Dan, Ryan Day totally shifted the focus from the program away from his calling card passing offense towards physicality and defense for the sake of exactly one game. Suffered. Listen to this. Suffered. Through a se- extreme I- suffered through a season, eleven and one, mind you, of extremely uninspiring results, and then still lost one game. People will still defend Day's tenure at Ohio State, which I guess is fine. Really, he's thirty nine and three. Hasn't lost to any none, zero Big Ten teams other than the last game against Michigan three times. He made Michigan quit. Some people see it differently than others, but that's none of my business. Those fans just happen to value wins over smaller schools like Northwestern and Maryland more than they do the rival versus Michigan. Uh, Ohio State, this isn't isn't your arrogance showing. This is your stupid showing. Uh, Penn State... I guess, is a smaller school. Is it? Is it really a smaller school? I don't know. Is it? Is Iowa really a smaller school? Is Illinois a smaller school? Are these all smaller school? What are you, an idiot? Seriously. Uh, a smaller school. Look, we have a level here on this show. We have a level for our gambling that the sack man dominates. We have a level for our guests. We don't just put any guest on here. We have a level for our emailers that we hold our fan base to. And that level has just been breached by you, by your dumbass. Uh, if fans are just okay with smaller schools, what is this, high school? What is this, grade school? We're St. Peter and Paul. You're our lady of perpetual help. We're a bigger school. You're a smaller school. We're 6A, you're 1A. What's wrong with you people? You're giving me a headache. No, you're giving me pain in the groin. You're giving me a crotchache. You're making me itch. You're making my ass sag. You're making me tired. What's wrong with you? Smaller schools, like Maryland. Smaller school. no, they didn't just beat Northwestern Maryland. They beat Penn State at Penn State. No, at home. What are you talking about? They went to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame. What are you talking about? Okay, they lost the game, you idiots. 39-3, and 56-7. Woody Hayes, 16-11-1. He lost 11 times and tied one against Michigan. Did you know Woody Hayes had a losing record in the 10-year war to Bo Schembechler? A losing record, 4-5-1, and one, before he finally hit that kid Bowman of Clemson. Did you know Bo Schembechler went 11-9-1? I'll say it again, 11-9-1. Do you know at one point Jim Harbaugh was 0-5 and, and quit? That's right, in 2020 he quit. He canceled the game. He said they had COVID too bad. He quit. Ryan Day's team made Harbaugh quit. So I got to tell you, Ohio State fan, don't show you're stupid. Or if you want to show you're stupid, go to Bucknuts. That's the website. Do that. Go to Bucknuts. We're going to (laughs) Bucknuts. We're only going to beating smaller skulls. All right, let's talk about something kind of seriously. Did you know that UFC superstar Conor McGregor is now under investigation? This is Joe Biden-type stuff. You know what he's out under investigation for from Ireland's Department of Justice? Online hate speech. Listen to this. The Irish government got ripped. He got They got ripped by Conor McGregor for the current state of Ireland amid violence and unrest after a man with a knife attacked and wounded multiple people, including several children. And then he said, hey, look, I may, I just may run as the main man. I wanna run as the main guy. He may run, he should. More people should. So people are mad. Irish officials are mad. Irish people are saying, hey, This is hate speech right here. It's not hate speech. What's wrong with you? You know what it is? It's very simple. It's telling the truth. And in the United States, we ought to be very, uh, we ought to take a lesson from what my man is putting out here. We ought to take a lesson that we ought not tolerate, even a little bit, all of these illegal immigrants coming into our country and committing crimes. We shouldn't tolerate it. There is nothing about it that should be tolerated. Zero. Zip. Nada. And if we do tolerate it, the people ought to stand up. Look, African-American, hey guys, let me in the YouTube, uh, thank you. Uh, African-Americans should be standing up in Chicago. Everybody should be standing up. All of the services that are going to illegal immigrants used to go to minorities. Now they're not. It's crap. Serious business. It's complete crap. And the bottom line is simply this. This must stop and we must stand up. We can't just let anybody come in here. We just can't let anybody come in and do whatever the hell they want to do. Does that make sense? Of course it doesn't make sense. I mean, we're just, but at least Conor McGregor is standing up. At least Conor McGregor isn't just sitting there and letting these things transpire. He's saying, screw this. And good for him. Why are we tolerant of people that just come in to our country illegally, illegally, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it again, ill-freaking-legally and commit crimes. And we're just like, hey, and our government allows it. Yeah, let anybody in. I actually had some moron tell me, well, you know, uh, there really isn't a border crisis. A lot of people tell me this. What's wrong with you? Of course there's a border crisis. All you got to do is pay attention. But I got people, no, there's not. I wish more people in the United States would stand up. I wish people of real influence would get off their ass and say, look, we're going to start protesting this crap. I mean, all you got to do is pay attention all across the country to what's going on. Illegal immigrants are doing a lot of bad things. Sure, there's some that are good, but my God. Why are we allowing this? Why are we okay with this? We should not be. And good for Conor McGregor. I did not condone last night's riots. I do not condone any attacks on our first responders in the line of duty. I do not condone looting and damaging the shops. Last night's scenes achieved nothing towards fixing the issue we face. I do understand frustrations. I do understand a move must be made to ensure the change we need is ushered in and fast. I'm in the process of arranging. Believe me, I am way more tactical and I am backing. They, I, there will be change in Ireland, mark my words, change needed. And last month, innocent children stabbed leaving school. Ashlyn Murphy murdered. Two Slingo men decapitated. This is not Ireland's future. If they do not act soon with their plan of action to ensure Ireland's safety, I will. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, what do we do? We sit here like I do on shows and complain. We just let every illegal immigrant in. And when they kill someone or they rob or they rape, we're like, well, they're dreamers. We make excuses. That's crap. In my opinion. Hey, look, your opinion can be different. I got no problem with you having a differing opinion. That's fine with me. It's all good with me. But I got to tell you, I got, I got no problem with people standing the living hell up. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You guys may. I do not. My Heisman votes right now. I'm gonna get into this tomorrow. But I got to tell you, I'm out on. I'm out on Penix. I'm out. Penix had a chance. Penix had a real chance to be a real dude. And he didn't take the chance. He didn't. And I'm not, I don't care whether he's at Indiana, left Indiana. People are, well, you're just mad he left Indiana. I care less. I could care less whether he's in Indiana. What do I care? The only thing I do is I watch how people act. And Michael Penix, I don't care if you're throwing up. I said this earlier. Doesn't matter to me even a little bit if you're over there puking. Look, understand. I puked my guts out when I fouled out against Michael Jordan, but I celebrated like hell when we won the game. I don't understand this. I don't understand acting like some victim. Like, I don't understand Walter Payton. I I don't. Walter Payton famously went in a closet and cried because he didn't score in the Super Bowl. What? To quote a friend of mine, SWAT That's a combination of say What? What? What are we talking about here? Come on. I'll never understand. You lose, you you're sad. You don't talk. You win, you celebrate like crazy people. I don't know what else to tell you. So I'm off Michael Penix. I'll give my Heisman vote tomorrow. I'll tell you who I am in on. i tell you who I am, and I was totally wrong about C.J. Stroud. I'm so in on C.J. Stroud. I like watching C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud is awesome. DD's Just spewing crap about something he just read. What was handed to him? Who's here to hand it to me? <laughs> Who's here to hand it to me? Oh, I didn't get to the Conor McGregor stuff. I got, I got our notes. Uh, I I I I got our notes. I, I don't know. Uh, J. P. G. Rules. You'll go down with the Biden ship. We need to stand up around here. We got illegal immigrants. They're coming to your neighborhood. It was the greatest conversation that I've had in the last few years was with a guy named Paul Krebs. Paul was my AD at Bowling Green. He lives in Albuquerque, and he's like, you don't understand. We're a couple hours from the border. We got illegal immigrants running through our backyard, robbing in our neighborhood, and Paul's got a lot of money. Paul's a rich dude. <laughs> if you're defending it, God bless you, bro. <laughs> Good for You. Where was I handed some? People just make stuff up. I mean, honest to God. Uh, Hey, Dan, you going to have a Monday night football bet? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the sack man tells me. If the sack man gives me one, then I'll have a bet. Had a big day yesterday. Indiana basketball. Indiana basketball was down at halftime to Harvard. I turned the game on. Indiana misses a shot. Some guy named Banks. I don't even know who Banks is. Jacks up a three, long rebound. Here goes Harvard down the floor. Guy dribbles it to the right. He's got a guy standing at the top of the key, wide open for a three because Indiana's jogging. He looks at him, goes, no, I'm going to go on the block. Throws it to a guy on the block who lays it in because Indiana's jogging. I turned it off. I went back to football. I went back to football. Then I turned it on again. Indiana throws a cross-court pass, intercepted. Guy goes down and dunks it. Not one Indiana player. Hustles down. Huh. I'm just telling you, Jason Cox, no illegals in my yard. Just wait, bro. It's coming. It is coming. Hey, do me a favor subscribe and like. And don't forget, I'm going to read this here. I, they did give me this earlier today, JPG. <laughs> you Biden loving idiot. Uh, don't miss one minute. We're moving. We're moving. Now, I got a lot of people on here right now. Don't miss one minute of Don't At Me. Make sure to tune in live and catch up on anything you missed at Outkick.com. All right? Well, keep it up. The show tab is your one-stop shop for all things Don't At Me. That's right. All things Don't At Me. Your one-stop shop, ladies and gentlemen, is Outkick.com. Now, we got 113 likes. We need to jack that up. Like, subscribe, and click. That's right. That's right. Hey, Indy Spanglish is in the house. Indy Spanglish is the next big deal in political talk here in the state of Indiana. I'm 100% Cuban. Support a wall and our country's laws. Illegal illegals are in danger by not being accounted for. They can be robbed, trafficked, etc. And they cannot call the police. That's exactly right. Michael Jarrett, your truth is much appreciated. Follow Indy Spanglish on Twitter. You will not regret it. Hey, Dan is lying about what happened. You can't believe him all you want, but it's not the truth. I know it. A guy that uses a fake name on my show knows. There used to be if two guys in a bar said it, that it was true. Now it's fake name guy on the Don't At Me chat. Hey, I just read you what Conor McGregor said, and he ain't wrong, and I'm telling you right now, illegal immigration, Reagan said it, Clinton said it, Obama said it, everybody said it except for our moron-in-chief, but hey, they're all wrong. All right, woke-a-dope me, ladies and gentlemen, woke-a-dope, woke-a-dope, woke-a-dope. I'm a little behind here, so I'm going to have to wait for just a second. But anyway, so the commercial you play are all lies. Sure, whatever you say. The only commercials I play are for QC Kinetics, not a lie. Affinity, not a lie. Moondrops, not a lie. There you go. Man, I didn't realize old boy here, Gavin Newsom. So his wife allegedly was stupid Harvey Weinstein. How about them apples? She wanted to get ahead. I didn't realize this guy ended up going to rehab. He bragged about it and now he lies about it. Hey, look, I ain't mad at you for going to alcohol rehab. What are you doing? Might as well. Can't dance. Nothing wrong with a little alcohol rehab. Some people say it's for quitters. I don't. I do not. I say it's for real men that want to get help. But don't lie about it, Gavin. Come on. Look at these two. (laughs) Hey. I'm Gavin Newsom. Hey, uh, Gavin, uh, what's my name again? Uh, Joe, hey, um, Joe, Uh, was your wife, was his, uh, Harvey, was my wife with Harvey Weinstein? It's the funniest thing ever. You know, one of the great things about shows that I watch, they reference Harvey Weinstein. They do, even 30 Rock references Harvey Weinstein. It's the best ever, ever. Dan, the only thing on the OutKick site, is Clay's book, I Want, Don't At Me Gear. I'm calling Big Fat Bob today. I'm calling Big Fat Bob today at BSN Sports. We're going to get women. We give women what they want. It's what I do, and I'm going to give you what you want, and that is gear. Next, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. How about them apples? Harvey Weinstein on 30 Rock is a classic. It really is. It is a Classic. JPG rules. The person around. Good. Good. Yeah, right. Depends on what you want to believe, JPG rules. Here you go. Uh, I must be getting stronger with age. I can now live 300 pounds of groceries in one trip. Hey, I'm telling you right now. Uh, if you're going to ask me, just ask me. The number one reason, and there's a lot of them, not to vote for Joe Biden is the grocery bill. It's unbelievable. It is incredible what happens. It is incredible when you go to the store. When you go over here to Kroger and you look at the prices, and then my wife actually went yesterday to get, like, hand cream. She's like, Dan, it's triple. The number one reason not to vote for Jolton Joe Biden, grocery bill. It's the economy, stupid. I don't care. Don't care even a little bit that Joe Biden is a pig. I don't care even a little bit that Donald Trump is a pig. I don't get my morality from politicians ever. Never have, never will. Why do you think Ronald Reagan married Nancy? They said she gave the best you-know-whats in Hollywood. That was actually in, in uh, that was in Veep. That was in Veep one time. I'm going to service you like Nancy. Anyway, what why do you think JFK was doing? How about Bill Clinton? Come on, there was rumors that the older Bush had a long-term mistress. Stop it, stupid. Obama, Big Mike, I don't know what's going on there. Who knows? But I'm telling you right now, the grocery bill, it's unbelievable. And if you're going to keep voting for this idiot and all the little tricks they're playing, hey, gas is going down a little bit, right? Why do you think that is? COVID, oh, man, there's a new strain in China. Why do you think that is? But it all doesn't matter. You know why it all doesn't matter, because the Democrats got this whole thing figured out. But I ain't voting for them, and that's one of the main reasons right there. You vote for you, but there ain't a chance in hell I'm letting these people destroy our country and make my grocery bill go up 100%, which is what it has. Boom! Next! I think we got one more. What a great show today. What an absolute great show! Binonomic binomics, binomics is the biggest load of crap you've ever seen, and he says it with such arrogance, and she says it with even more. Do we have another one, or are we done today? Steak. Yeah, people love to compare the United States. overseas. All guitars must be electric by 2023. I don't understand this. I've never understood this and neither do you guys. You guys don't understand this. You guys don't. You don't understand why this little girl matters even a little bit in any way, shape, or form. None. I don't care about her future. I don't care about her childhood. I don't care about any of it. Don't care. She's an actor. That's it. And somehow, someway, the world got so stupid that whatever the hell this name is, Greta something, became important. It's unbelievable, incredible, amazing that this, whatever this is, is upset, screaming, yelling. I don't know her. I don't know her story. I don't care about her story, her past, her fears, her likes. I don't care. The 13-year-old girl. I don't give a damn about any of it. Good luck to you. Hope you have a wonderful life, but get her off my damn screen. Are you kidding me? It's insanity. Man. Oh, man. What a great show. We're going to have a great week. I can tell. Lou Holtz knocked them dead. Hey, do me a favor, all you guys and gals out there. Do me a favor and, uh, oh, I don't know, Uh, you know, put it out on your Twitter. Put it out on your YouTube. Put it out on your Facebook. I'll be on, on Hot Mike this afternoon. Hey, by the way, Two Big Brains, that's right, that's right, Gritty. Two Big Brains starts in about five minutes. It's all local indie stuff. You don't want to miss it. It's me and Ken Sterling. Go to Two Big Brains on your YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Haley and and uh, Katie. Do I need to do anything before we leave? Remember, don't miss one minute of Don't At Me. Make sure to tune in live and catch up on anything, anything you missed. You can get it at outkick.com. I think our show's moving there, so we can even be more real if that's possible. Show tab is your one-stop shop. That's it. Click on our show, your one-stop shop for all things Don't At Me. Have a great afternoon, everybody.